Hey weirdo, what's your superpower and how will you use it to change the world? Welcome to Just Us Weirdos, a weekly serialized fiction podcast about learning to be heroic, no matter how weird your superpower might be. I'm Charlie White. I'm Gabe White. And we're so glad you're joining us here for the story today. Now you may remember last week, Gabe talked about his new dimension hopping supersuit that he's built in his own secret superhero lair. Gabe, you know one thing I know about most superheroes is they have superhero names. Do you have a name? Well, I've got Sparkles, and I am known across the dimensions as Wormhole with my sidekick, Sparkles. Wormhole, the dimension hopper. And you've got your own super secret lair in our house. I've decided I'm going to be a superhero too. Oh, come on. Don't you want to know what my name is? Fine. It's probably going to be a bad pun. I'm the Obscure Cavalier. Called it. There's not a pun there. Do you want to know what I can do? Fine. I'm like a modern cowboy. I have a ghost horse, and when I ride on it, I can go through walls, and I'm quiet as the night. And I have a magic ghost lasso. So if I need to climb up a building, I can lasso something at the top of the building and climb up the side of it. That sounds like Batman. Batman doesn't have a horse. It doesn't matter. He has a bajillion vehicles that go through everything. Yeah, but he doesn't have a horse. And the key thing here is I'm going to join your superhero team. Two things. Batman probably has a bat horse, and you're going to have to pass the tryouts. A bat horse? Come on. Anyway, tell me about these tryouts. What do I have to do? There's a challenge here. First one to stop crime in the city wins. Okay, but how do we figure out where there's crime in the city? Find it yourself. So if I stop it, then you fail the tryouts. If you stop it, then welcome to the team. Okay, so I'm the Obscure Cavalier, and I get on my ghost horse, and I start riding through the city, and I see... I see a young boy in the candy shop, and he's just bought a whole bag of gummy fish. And as he's walking out, a mean bully comes up and grabs the gummy fish and tries to run away, but I lasso him with my ghost lasso and stop and I save the day. Boom, I'm on your team. Wait a second, that's boring. Why is that boring? Cause you did everything perfectly. Maybe something goes wrong. Yeah, but I wanna win. Stories are more interesting with conflict. We recently taught Sam that when he's playing with action figures, it's not interesting when his guys always win and my guys always lose. So we invented a new game. What do we call this game, Gabe? Through and through. Through and through works. By each player counting to three and pumping your fists like you're going to play rock, paper, scissors. But instead of showing rock, paper, or scissors, after your three count... You show either one finger or two fingers. So you count up all the fingers, and if it's two, then it's a fail, nothing happens. If it's three, it works perfectly. And if there are four fingers showing between the two players who are playing, that means not only did it fail, but it failed so badly that your opponent gets to say what happened instead. Maybe it works and it's a counterattack. So, 
the Obscure Cavalier is trying out for a spot on Wormhole, the Dimension Jumper's superhero team. And Wormhole has said, whoever finds and stops crime first is going to win. And Obscure Cavalier gets on his ghost horse and rides through the town looking for crime. I'm going to go near the candy store to see if there's any crime happening there. So now Gabe and I are going to count one, two, three, shoot. Gabe is holding out one finger and I'm holding out two fingers. There are three fingers showing and that means that my action was successful, which means I found crime at the candy store. I see a young boy walking out with a bag of gummy fish and there's a bully who's just gotten off his bike and he's getting ready to take those gummy fish. What does Wormhole do? So Wormhole teleports over there. Okay, so here Gabe has said that Wormhole is trying to appear in front of the Obscure Cavalier. So if we've got three fingers showing, that's going to work. But if we've got two or four fingers showing, it'll be a failure. Let's see what happens. One, two, three, go. There are four fingers showing. Gabe held up two fingers and I held up two fingers. That means I get to say how what Wormhole was trying to do fails. And I think what's going to happen is that Wormhole successfully opened up a dimensional portal right under the Obscure Cavalier. An Obscure Cavalier fell through it and Wormhole thought he won. Except the Wormhole comes out right over the bully. The Obscure Cavalier and his ghost horse fall right on top of the bully. And the kid sees what's happening. Now it's my turn. I'm going to try to lasso up the bully so the kid can get away with his gummy fish. So you're going to bat lasso him. I get it. It is a ghost lasso, not a bat lasso. Let's play the game. One, two, three, shoot. There are only two fingers going. It means that my attempt to lasso him didn't work. You know what I think happened was... I started to tie him up, and then Wormhole said something rude about me being a ripoff of Batman. I got so upset about that that I let the bully get away. Anyway, Gabe, it's your turn now. What do you do? So, I'm going to cast Wormhole right under the bully's feet. He will fall through, and guess where he'll end up? In the principal's office. He's only going to end up in the principal's office if there are three fingers showing. So let's see if Gabe's action is successful. One, two, three. Oh, I'm holding up one finger and Gabe's holding up two fingers. That means that Gabe's action was successful and the bully ends up in the principal's office. Wormhole wins. Wait a minute. Does that mean I don't get to join your superhero team? Oh, there will be tryouts next episode. <sighs> okay. Okay. Well, shall we get to today's episode? Yeah, Sparkles and I will say bye. Say bye, Sparkles. Bye, Sparkles. Bye, Wormhole the Dimension Jumper. See you next week. Bye-bye. Before we get started with today's episode, I have a content warning. Today's episode features a sarcastic preteen. If you're a kid, you're going to think she's pretty cool. If you're an adult... Just try to remember what it felt like to be her age. And if you can't, 
you're listening to the wrong podcast. Get comfortable, think of something weird, and put a smile on your face. It's time for issue 23 of Just Us Weirdos. The Secret Origins of Fish Out of Water, Part 1. Eight months ago. Mom, this is so stupid. I don't want to go. Jules sits at the dining room table with an open piece of mail in front of him. His arms are crossed and he's leaning way back in his chair. Mrs. Jones just shrugs. That award you won is an honor, Jules. It would be disrespectful not to go. Jules snorts. This award is a joke. I mean, immigrant heritage scholars? This is America. Aren't we all immigrants? Mrs. Jones tilts her head. You know what they mean, Jules. Jules nods. They mean I'm black and I get good grades. But that's what's crazy about this. Did you look at the other winners? He shoves the mail over to her. Look at that list. Students from Ireland, students from Japan, people from Quebec even. And then there's me, listed as African. African! I mean, you can fit three Americas into our continent, or probably a thousand Irelands, but according to this list, I'm just from Africa. Not Kenya, not even East Africa, just Africa. Mrs. Jones interrupts him with a hand. I'm not saying you're wrong, Jules, but you've been given an award by the state. They're not going to magically learn the rich history of a continent because you refused to go. Speaking of which, I know exactly what you're trying to do here. You just don't want to go because it doesn't sound fun. Jules looks away. I remember being a kid, she says. It wasn't that long ago. You think it sounds dumb to do all this stuff, don't you? She picks up the letter, which details a day of celebration for the 30 students from around the state receiving the Immigrant Heritage Award. It includes visits to several tourist attractions for the student recipients. Okay, Mom, you're right. It does sound lame, Jewel says. I mean, look at this stuff. A photo op with the world's largest cherry pie pan? The world's largest ball of twine? A tour of an old submarine? Mrs. Jones says, you're going and that's final. It's an honor. Besides, a submarine? You're crazy if you don't think that sounds cool. And, since you're all of a sudden so concerned with how people think about Africa, why don't you just go ahead and write a letter to our state representative and the governor about your concerns? Mom, Jewel says. No, son, you're making very good points, and you are a scholar, after all. Why don't you get to writing? One week later... Most people think that a pie pan is just a plate made of metal, but there's so much more to it than that. Jules rolls his eyes. They've been listening to this local business owner lecture them about pie pans for 20 minutes. When this is done, the scholars will get their picture taken, then pile in a bus for an hour-long bus ride down to the next attraction the tour of the USS Snow Leopard, a decommissioned World War II-era submarine. As if that's even a pie pan, comes a girl's voice from behind Jules. He turns to face the speaker, and finds that he's basically eye-level with her bicep. 
The girl is so tall that he has to take a step back to comfortably look her in the eye. Her white skin is so pale that he feels like she should be carrying an umbrella for the sun or something like that. OMG, what are you staring at? She says, turning her eyes to Jules. Like, look at the so-called pan, weirdo. Jules feels his cheeks burn. He knows it doesn't feel good when someone stares at you because of how you look, and now he's gone and done it to this person who is so tall and pale. Sorry, he says. I'm just used to being the tall one at school. Like, are you going to ask me if I play basketball now? She says. Jules laughs. Huh, I get that too. People hear that I'm an athlete, and they see that I have dark skin, and everyone immediately assumes basketball is my sport. I'm a swimmer, though. I'm Jules Jones, Majestic Valley Middle School, he says, extending his hand. Tony Tabegda, she says. Lima Shores Academy. Jules shakes her hand and says, So, I have to ask. Tony interrupts. How am I getting an Immigrant Scholar Award when I'm as white as paper? Ha <laughs> ha, no, I was going to ask what that is if it's not a pie pan. Tony rolls her eyes. Like, it seems like it had to have had a pie baked in it at least once if they're going to legitimately call it a pie pan. This makes me rage. She looks away from Jules and raises her hand in the middle of the Chamber of Commerce speaker's PowerPoint. Like, excuse me? She says, interrupting her. The speaker stutters to a stop and looks around herself, as if someone else on stage might help out with the fact that this wasn't supposed to be a Q&A session. When no one helps, the speaker says uncomfortably, uh, Yes, um, incredibly tall girl, do you have a question? Like, did anyone ever actually make a pie in this so-called pie pan? The speaker desperately looks to her nose. Tony continues, I mean, how can you even call it a pie pan if it's never even made a pie? Jules chuckles. Adults never seem to realize the danger of putting a lot of smart kids in the same place. One hour later. To your battle stations. An alarm that somehow sounds like a car being ripped in half invades Jules' ears, and an overly excited man in a green coat and old-time military hat with a high front barks an order. Dive! 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 Jules steals a look around the room. Although the man is clearly trying to interest these kids in American history, the Immigrant Scholars Group looks as excited about this presentation as they were about the pie pan. Jules catches Tony's gaze, and she rolls her eyes and makes a gagging motion. The alarm fades, and the speaker continues. This is what people would have heard if the submarine was attacked. Now, if you look at that portrait... Jules sighs. He's had a few too many bits of interesting local factoids today. The submarine itself is pretty interesting, though it's clearly ancient. A fund from the local megacorporation, Binary Consolidated, has paid to keep it clean and operational. The tour guide has bragged that it could still be taken into battle if it had to. But the thing that strikes Jules most is how incredibly small everything on this submarine is. The ceiling seems to be just a touch over six feet tall, and many of the hallways require the kids to turn sideways just to keep walking through. 
The confined space makes Jules feel a bit jumpy. And from the looks of things, he's not the only one. Although she's trying her best to look annoyed, Jules notices that Tony is really struggling to move through the sub because of her height. Most of the so-called doors are really just hatches that you basically have to crawl through, and her height makes that very hard. And there's this other kid, a boy with copper-colored hair, who looks so nervous that Jules half expects him to start screaming and run right off the sub. The speaker finishes a point and tells the kids to split into groups to go to the heart of the submarine and see the nuclear reactor. Jules finds himself in a group with Tony and the copper-haired kid. The boy doesn't say much, only introducing himself as Welsh. Jules isn't sure if that's his first name, his last name, or ethnic origin. The three kids squeeze into hallways so narrow that it seems like they're off track, and they go down a flight of stairs. Actually, stairs is too generous a word for these. It's more like a ladder with steps so narrow you can only use your toes on them. And every room is split up by one of those hatch doors that are so hard to get through, especially for Tony. The guide, who is with the group behind them, explains that it's important that each room can be separated from every other room in case of a flood. The three students move through the nuclear reactor room, which is a lot less interesting than it sounds. It's painted with the same bluish-green paint that covers everything else in the sub. It has a lot of tubes and gauges and do-not-touch signs, and it's very hot, narrow, and hard to get through. The terrible alarm sounds again. Jules' hands shoot up to cover his ears. Tony literally jumps, banging her head on the hard metal ceiling of the submarine. Evacuate! Evacuate the sub! This is not a drill! The presenter's voice echoes over the speakers in the submarine. Everyone get off! His voice is replaced by a calm, computerized voice. Binary consolidated, autopilot program engaged. Safety systems are online. Initiate automated nautical test. Thank you, dear listener. We're so sorry we didn't get an episode up last week. We asked people on Facebook how we should be punished, and we've gotten a few good ideas, but we're looking for some more. This is your chance to make Gabe and I do something stupid on air. Well, wait a minute, I guess that's what we do every episode. But this time it's something stupid that you get to pick out. So send an email to hero at justusweirdos.com with your idea of what Gabe and I should do to make up for missing last week's episode. Catch up with us next week to hear the conclusion to the secret origins of fish out of water. Check us out on our website at justusweirdos.com or on Facebook or Twitter at justusweirdos. The music you're listening to right now is Love Hustler by Cinderella. Check them out on Spotify. We're also grateful to Joe Carnwath, who wrote our introduction music, and to James Carnwath, who played the trumpet. Check out Joe's music online at joecarnwath.com or find him on Spotify as well. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, be kind, be creative, and most of all, be weird. See you next week, weirdos. Weirdos.